It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Martin Luther King Day. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. 106 is the time here in the KSL newsroom. We, for the next hour, will uh, dedicate this program to looking back at the life and the lessons taught by the late Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. We'll look at members of his family. In particular, we'll look at uh, the lessons that he learned from his own father, uh, Reverend Martin Luther King Sr., a man who uh, witnessed and experienced more loss than you and I can probably ever imagine. Uh, His son, Dr. King Jr., of course, being assassinated in 1968. You may not have known this. uh, It was only uh, a year or so later that he lost a second son in a drowning accident in the family pool. And then, if that wasn't enough, if that wasn't enough heartache and loss for one man, uh, in 1974, in Ebenezer Baptist Church in Atlanta, Georgia, a place I've visited a number of times. In Ebenezer Baptist Church, while she sat uh, playing the Lord's Prayer at the organ, Alberta Williams King, the mother of the late Martin Luther King Jr. and the wife of Mr. King Sr., Reverend King, was assassinated herself. And while this day, of course, is in remembrance of Martin Luther King Jr. and everything that he taught, uh, he had to have learned those lessons somewhere himself. We'll spend some time looking at Daddy King, as he was referred to, and as is uh, the name of his autobiography. Incredible lessons. We'll hear uh, from uh, interviews that he gave before his passing. Uh, But right now, Right now, I want to uh, have a conversation with someone who's become a a great friend of the program, an educator and a coach here in the state of Utah. We've had many conversations uh, with Coach K over the past year about a uh, wide-ranging list of of topics. And today, it felt appropriate after I uh, encountered a a tweet sent out by uh, Coach K. And uh, the tweet, listen to this. I'll read it to you verbatim. And then I'll invite uh, Kamal Ahmad to come on the air and explain exactly what he means. Uh, He writes, in our schools, MLK Day has to be more than a short video and quotes. In our schools, MLK Day has to be more than a short video and quotes. In our schools, Black History Month cannot be ignored or hardly celebrated. Uh, Coach K, sir, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for your willingness to join us. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, thank you for having me. And uh, how are you doing? I'm all right. I- I'm better now that I've got you on the line. Uh, so talk to me a little bit about this tweet. When you uh, two, two lines, two themes here in particular. The first, uh, again, in our schools, you say MLK Day has to be more than short videos and quotes. What, what, what prompted you to, to share that thought? Well, the main thing is, for one, like quotes are great. His quotes are beautiful. And it's, it's, the videos just paying tribute to him are amazing across the line. But then I go and look at 
like when that day leaves the next day and every other day of the of the year when we're looking at our school data and we see i mean across across not school data excuse me just state data in general to where we see some serious equity issues when it comes to our students who are the students being sent to the office the most? Our minority students. Who are the students? And our, our minority students, our lower income students, and our special education students. Who are the students um, uh, who are behind in proficiency? It's the same demographic. And I'm saying, okay, well, what literature are we teaching our students? And on top of that, it's you don't hear about many black authors. We're not reading martin luther king's autobiography which is one of the most amazing books i've ever read in my life oh my goodness how every school is not dissecting that book across this country um i don't know how, how that's not happening that that book should be that should be a staple book to american education is autobiography it's it's amazing um but just different authors the likes of booker t washington frederick Douglass. um just these authors need to be more more celebrated within our just everyday literature. It shouldn't have to be Black History Month, but especially in that month, if we're not doing it the rest of the school year, it's a great time to do it. Yeah. You, you, what you're saying here, uh, at least in the school setting, would would necessarily translate into a change of curriculum. And as you know, as an educator, uh, changing wholesale the curriculum of any school system is kind of like turning a pretty massive cruise liner. It's not something that happens very quickly. Uh, one area where there is, uh, you know, the ability to to move very quickly and to respond to the times immediately and be 100% present is is in the home. Uh, I, I can remember when I was young, my dad would give me like reading assignments, and you talk about uh, you know these these various uh, and wonderful books. Uh, written by uh, black authors, how to to place a, a greater emphasis on them as you know young people are uh, both learning to read and learning to think uh, and learning to become you know contributing members of society. What, what what would you recommend to to parents if the if the ship is a little too slow to turn in the in the curriculum circles? What 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 can parents do to make sure that as you say in uh, your tweet that. Uh, we are more than just short videos and quotes. Read, read at home. Discuss these things at home. You know, I came across one of my Facebook friends. It's a woman who I grew up with. Who, my goodness, she, she wrote a phenomenal post about this morning about. All right, I see all the tweets. I see, you know, all the pictures. Are we following this up with conversation? And that was her question to her Facebook friends. Are we following the, these tweets up with conversations? And I think that's the first key. Um, if we can't read these books, if we're not reading them in the classroom, like we should be in my, in my humble opinion, there's no reason for us not to be reading them at home. Martin Luther King's autobiography. Wow. That, it would make us all better people. Um, that, that was my inspiration for that downtown riot that happened of going down there and saying, this isn't the answer. I read the autobiography that February or I finished it that February. It was moving. It changed me as a human being. Like it changed me. A man of a different religion um, who grew up with a different uh, philosophy towards how to handle racial injustice than what I was used to. And it changed me when I read it. I said, it, it made me a better person. So, 
I went home. My wife was actually the one who introduced it to me, but we, we discussed it as a family. Like, we discussed it. And I feel like everyone has that opportunity. Um, when these riots happen downtown, or nationwide when they happen, everyone was asking the question, well, what can we do? What can we really do? And my answer is read, discuss. Like, it's right now that we prevent those things from happening by reading these texts, learning our historical lessons, learning um, from our mistakes and learning how to be better people and, and learning other people's stories. This is how we prevent what happened last summer by doing it now. Outstanding. And those conversations in the home. Give me one theme. You, you, in February, read this book as those folks listening right now anxious to take your advice and either in the home or in the classroom uh, expose themselves to this literature. Uh, what, what, what was the biggest theme that you came away with, something to the, that folks can look forward to as they seek out this text themselves? The nonviolence aspect, which is what our country needs right now. Yeah. Uh, the nonviolence. I was always raised to defend myself. Never initiate, but to defend. Um, and Martin Luther King was different. There are stories with my family about the Ku Klux Klan coming and having to run, having to leave the city, the town in Oklahoma, et cetera. And as a young man, we, we, we grew up in our family that not again. No, this isn't happening again to us. But when I read his autobiography, when I read about his house being bombed, no retaliation. When I read about him getting stabbed, no retaliation, none. When members of his group, because he, he was from a powerful group, they could have responded. I mean, what, and this is what people don't understand, which is what I learned in his autobiography. These aren't, these aren't soft people. These are people that had guns. These are people that, were, uh, that had the physical ability to win, to win those battles physically or, or, or with ammunition. Like, they, they weren't pushovers by any means. They just believed in nonviolence. And they didn't utilize those methods. He went to India and, and studied. Uh, Gandhi passed away when he went there, but he was studying under his family members. He was studying from those who who understood his message. This is a man who had a lot of research in nonviolence. And during that time, many people, especially within the African-American, African-American community, said no. Like, like Malcolm X, Sokwe Carmichael. They're like, you have the right to defend yourselves with violence, to defend yourselves with violence. And, and Martin Luther King said, no. He said, this will bring us backwards. And his approach was the most effective. His approach is what is, is how change happened for the African-American community, for all of us. I mean, it, it's, his approach is what changed our nation to what it is today. If violence would have won, we would be we would be even more divided today, as we're seeing. Violence doesn't work. Violence divides. Amen. Uh, Kamal Ahmad, thank you so much for your time, Coach K, an educator and a coach uh, and friend of this program. I appreciate this conversation today on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Uh, I'll tell you what. Uh, let's uh, let's take your principle and put it into practice. Uh, let's make a point of having conversations like this, not just today, uh, not just next month, but throughout the year. You make that agreement with me. Absolutely. Hey, thank you for having me, Lee. It's an honor to be on the show. Thank the honor's you. mine. Coach K, thank you so much. Quick break. When we return, let me share with you some details about what motivated and inspired Martin Luther King Jr., the words of his father, Daddy King, they called him. Next on Live Mike, I'm Lee Lonsberry. This is KSL News Radio. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. 
And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts.